Hello, everybody, and welcome again to what is this program? Saints, Saints, Radio. Saints Radio. Saints Network. <laughs> I almost said message of the week. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Wait, where are we? Good Lord, you know. Who am I? Oh, gosh. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's fun to be able to, to recognize as saints that God is allowing the footprint of the saints' message to be impacted in many places around the world. Um, but sometimes from this little booth, it gets uh, obviously confusing. You just go into rote behavior and you say things. So not that we've been accused of doing that before in other ways. You know, this is the chit-chat hour. Um, I don't know what all the Lord is going to have us share today, but I will give testimony. Um, when when uh, yesterday we made connection, <coughs> excuse me, with Sao Paulo, and Yawali um, was connecting us with Anna, who was going to be translating for us. Uh, Luciano got on, and he was saying that they are he is teaching now um about fivefold and he's teaching yeah i don't know who all he's teaching i think he i think he may have been teaching the uh the pastors from that pastors group uh and he said that he has got 10 teenagers from his church who are not only studying english but every week they're studying the messages from the Saints Network and they're being trained to not only be able to speak English but to translate and they're using the message um, that is dear to all of us to learn English. And I, th I think that I, I'm, I'm just amazed at how... Um, God is doing that in that in that lovely nation. They were uh, he was just on and on about when when are you coming? When's a team coming? And we we need the message down here. And you know you know the way Luciano is. And I said, well, the Lord's going to have to say when we're coming. But I said international travel is also going to say so I pulled up the State Department's travel advisory and there it says Brazil is level four do not travel to Brazil <laughs> so that's the government position and so you know I I don't that's just one of the things if we didn't have those restrictions we would have been going back and forth to Europe at least uh, I don't know what we would have done there but that would have been happening because there's there's a great hunger you know we we want to we want to work um, as soon as the gates are open because the night is coming and if you don't believe that just take take a look at the uh, the headlines of things that are going on in our country and various things that are being stated I mean I don't know what other indicators we would need to see we've we've got to we've got to work we've got to we've got to be in the harvest field we've got to be doing the master's bidding and and for us that is um, teaching and preaching and imparting because we're not, why am I, we're speaking to the choir here. Our job, which is becoming increasingly apparent, is to establish outposts who will then carry the message. And, um, you know, and I, I, uh, well, I hit the ground running here. Welcome, Sister Terrell, to the microphone. It's just, it's just one of those things that we have to continue to be in prayer about and trust the Lord. I mean, I, I, 
I'm fully trusting the Lord to open up access, to open up full access. And this morning I was I was on a prayer call and, and one of the prophetic words that came was about the key, about keys, about God giving us keys. Um, and 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 I, I really bore witness with that, that the Lord is giving us, He's opening up access in His timing, in His way. But I really laid claim to this very thing that that access has been blocked that God would give us the key to open those doors again and even beyond that an expansion of that measure of access and authority to be able to go in and come out and to um, it's just access mm-hmm. and I you know I've been concerned about this and I don't want to go down this path I'm just going to say this about this whole vaccine business that the enemy is going to try to use that to hinder his saints from going in and I know people have very strong beliefs about vaccine or not vaccine and so we're not going to talk about that right now but I'm just saying that I'm really trusting the Lord to grant us access that we don't have to jump through hoops that the enemy doesn't that 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 those obstacles those things that are blocking would just be cast into the sea yeah and so and obviously for that to happen there's going to have to be a a a a pronounced touch divine touch on these nations that clears the way amen because i was reading um again on London Times, I was reading the updated restrictions uh, for the UK and their their green zones, their red zones, um, and how they're appropriating them into Heathrow. And Terminal 3, which is a great American hub, has now been relegated as a red zone that accepts flights in from India and from African nations, places where um, COVID has been rampant. And then those people are immediately quarantined. So I don't know how much of of, um, Terminal 3 has been dedicated to that. It would really be nice if the Lord would use this to move all American Airlines flights into Terminal 5. We would rejoice at that. I mean, when we fly over, then those of you who've flown American into Heathrow, you know what a joy it is to arrive at Terminal 3 and then have to go through all the process and then get on the bus and go over to Terminal 5 and then go up those escalators. You first check through, then you go up and you have to go through. You get a fast pass. Oh my (laughs) gosh, it's crazy. It would be so much nicer when we fly out of Europe on, on British Air, we fly into Terminal 5. And that's great. You're in there. But then you have to go through to get back to Terminal 3. <sighs> but anyway, I was looking at that and I said, Lord. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. And, and I will say this. I, I'm grateful that God is, has given us this venue to be able to reach out on, on the Internet. And... Um, I'm I'm very thankful for what whenever the new equipment arrives and whenever it's going to be able to be installed and then we learn how to do it for the expanded things that that will entail but I'm going somewhere with this um I was really blessed yesterday to hear Sylvie and Luke say that Luke is teaching today the people in Benin and so I don't really know whether that's happened yet or not but that is such a blessing to us and um, so even into the African nations who speak uh, the heavenly language of French um, there's ministry that is going on every week and we're so proud of Luke and Sylvie for their their willingness to, to do that uh, but I think usually it's Sylvie that does the primary job of teaching but today Luke is doing it it's great isn't it yeah it's great it's crazy because the Lord really has had him on my heart all day all morning and I guess maybe I was tapping into just that burden 
Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, you you have a a very special link there with our brother. Um so anyway, we continue to we continue to press forward. Um and you know one of the one of the unique things about the way things are structured with these international outreaches is that um you know sometimes sometimes like when i have to do a broadcast i'll vary off the path and of of what has been taught recently and um will do a rhema word but usually the people that are translating listen to what has been recently taught and they try to prepare themselves to be able to translate it so that's what they want to do so uh, yesterday uh, I was talking about Zechariah and suddenly particularly in the in the Brazilian broadcast the Spirit of the Lord really invaded my thinking and showed me the prophetic, the some of the prophetic reasoning that God directed us to that over this past weekend. And I, I truly felt that Zechariah, whose name means to have a memorial or memory of Yahweh, and the plan of God um, that God was saying first of all to us that whatever the plan of God is established particularly regarding us as intercessors and as saints is not was not a passing fancy it's not done it is God's covenant with his people for this hour and I know that 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 doesn't change pandemic restrictions does not change that eruptions in other places doesn't change that and and so that was the first part but the second part was that we again remember that Zechariah was like an Elisha Zechariah and the crew that would go with him to Jerusalem were going on the heels of what had been done by Zerubbabel what had been done by Nehemiah what had been done by Ezra and what had been put in place with Nehemiah, you know, a sword in one hand and a, uh, a worker's trowel in the other. That's, that's really what you have been doing. You've been establishing a covenant with God. And that's why Zechariah, God gave him a vision of what those forerunners had done in the heavens. All that business about a brand plucked from the fire and filthy garments and the enemy resisting those are things that you and dare I say I and the people of this house um, have been doing before the Lord it's been setting a groundwork and Zechariah saw that that's why he was saying that it wasn't about him it was about what those who had gone on before to lay a foundation had done and and even then God said to Zechariah you know, he's laid this foundation and his hands will finish it. That's that's a real word for you and for all of the saints. But this next wave, this Zechariah, they're not coming in with some newfangled thing. His name means remember the plan of Yahweh. God was showing him, look at all these pioneers who have been laying the foundation for what my eternal will is. Even Daniel's prayers um, set the stage for that. Daniel was one of those pioneers. And uh, I, I do think that God emphasizing that right now was a word that these, these ones are, even though some of them have been trickling in, we have not seen We've not seen the, 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 the advance guard of the resupply troops. We've, we've not seen those shock troops yet. And God is stirring them. God has used this time to, um, 
to to galvanize that hunger. But his name doesn't mean, oh, the new flashy thing. His name means what is Yahweh's plan? And all of that vision of what went on in the heavens was about mm-hmm. those who had gone before, and those promises were there. And the fast of feasting then to this man was about, okay, we're going to go back. We can't be going in there lamenting all the crud that's happened in the past. You've got to get that out, and you've got to begin to speak the Tobe things. What are the promises that this foundation that's been laid are promising? And then in chapter 8, when he says this, he then goes into that prophesy, prophecy. And I think that this was for him and for those that were coming and for those that then would come. These people will hear, God is with you of a truth. I will come with you. Let me just be known by your name. Let me, let me go by the hem of your garment. Let me embrace this. That's the promise that this new wave is supposed to be bringing and um and that's that's the word but you cannot separate what he was saying from what god shared with him about what the forerunners had been doing and the amazing warfare that had gone on um and you know sometimes people who are more reactionary would say, oh, I remember the early days when every night was a battle in the spirit. I mean, how many times does God have to have that battle at the throne with Satan about what we're doing on his behalf? I would hope that we don't have to revisit that. I would hope that we don't have to, you know, just for the sake of banging a pan and getting everybody to break out of the sanctuary of silence, I would hope we don't have to redo that again. We don't have to relay the foundation stone that God's established. And so Zechariah was seeing that, and God was commending that. And in even the warfare that Daniel did, uh, he was one of those forerunners. He didn't go back, but he was laying that foundation of intercession. And I truly believe this is a word from God, but we have to see what is, I almost said mantra, what is the, the view of these Zechariahs that will say, I'm going to go and I'm going to be part of this? What is their view? God was hammering into them. You better look and see what has been laid before you. And you better recognize that these Elijahs have made the way for you to come in. And what they laid is my plan. And your name is my my plan i i just i i just was so grateful for the lord the lord saying that i I need to look something up in the scripture do you have any additional nuance to that that you'd like to prophesy oh well i just i totally Agree, and I'm just so thankful to the Lord for the line upon line revelation that he continues to give us through his scripture and that his word being alive, he brings application to us of scripture that we have meditated upon, we have honored, we have lived year after year, month after month through this fast of feasting. And, and he brings a rhema. I mean, he's just so faithful and so good, and we need to to heed it. We need to make it our own. We need to take ownership of what he's speaking to us and lay claim to it, commit it to prayer, commit it to um, to our walk with him, and know that it's of a truth. And I do feel very strongly that this season that we've just entered into is God is wanting to bring measures of completion. And, and I feel that so strongly. I feel that there's, there's things that we individually and as a corporate body have been contending for in faith from our place at the right hand that we have fought the good fight 
that he is going to bring victory. He is going to bring completion. Amen. He is going to bring restoration. He is going to bring fulfillment. He is going to bring healing and wholeness. I just feel like we are stepping into a season where we need to lay claim to that wholeness and different measures of our walk and of our being and is us as a network. And so I do speak into that. And I... I mean, it is it is a day where we need to walk in wholeness and, and the completion, the fulfillment of who we are and, and our identity in him and our function. And that's not to say that as we move in a cycle with him, you know, we're always in some measure of promise, some measure of sila, some measure of fulfillment in our walk in his ways. And so that's the beauty of the Lord. It just... It, it's, it's has so much vitality to it. Every, every um, dimension of it. But I am just here to tell you that whatever you've been contending for, in your life, in your walk, in your ministry, in your body, what you have been holding on to, what He has spoken, what He has promised you. He is going to bring to a point of wholeness and completion in this season. So that's, that is my prophetic word. Well, that's, that's a wonderful thing for us to lay claim to individually. Um, I, I, I just, part of, part of the efficacy of, uh, Issachar is to be able to glean as God gives direction what's going on around and to glean the timetables of God at that moment and then to know what should be done and having the patience to do it and um, you know like I, I see a lot of factors that are really happening right now um, but you know, Elijah is such a beautiful name because it means Elohim is Yahweh. And there, there's some maneuver right now, and I don't want to get too much into this, in the enemy camp, in the spirit realm, where some of these exousia spirits and, and uh, measures for principalities in different lands are, are identifying themselves as God as Yahweh or saying that you know there are many gods and you know the the whole idea of of uh, God being plural would say that God is one of many gods and and we as saints have, have a clarity on that from the scripture and the the seven spirits and the, the dimensions of his names but Elijah which is what we represent is you you have to know God Elohim in his heart. You have to know him personally. And from that then, you know his plan, which is the lesson of Bethel, where you have the altar to Elohim, and then you have Yahweh looking from the top of the ladder. But I I agree with what you just said wholeheartedly, that there there has to be a a measure of reward and strengthening and restoration yeah and you know this this was addressed in part on sunday that i mean i know there's things that i have battled over personally that i need to believe there's resolve I need to look in with eyes of faith to know that they will be resolved and not wallow in them. It's like in that Psalm 85 where it says, which is really where this came from, where, um, to paraphrase, you know, I will hear what the Lord, my God, will say to me. He will speak a word of peace to his people, to his saints, and don't return to folly. And, and I just think... 
how often do we return to folly? Do we, you know, it's like Katie said on Sunday, do we, do we wallow in that unresolve? Not because we're twisted or it's, it's, it, but it can turn into like the manifestation of something twisted of what God intends to be pure in our lives and in our walk. And, and I just think God wants to bring revelation to each one of us about those things that maybe we've held on to that, that we've not believed fully for wholeness to happen, to, 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 to be healed of it. I mean, whether it's emotional or physical or whatever, to let it, to let it go and let God touch it and step it, you know, literally by faith, step into that point of wholeness. And you know, I don't know what that is for anyone. I'm just speaking personally that I know that there's some things that I've maybe not fully believed that God can restore, you know, and me, whether it be something of the past or, you know, whatever it might be. And there's nothing specific that I can think of, but I just know I want those things to surrender and to align with his perfect purpose and function and just bring me to a point of absolute wholeness in him because that is what is going to be needed when we go forward. We're not going to be able to fall back to folly and, and, and we can't because those are the things that trip us up. It, you know, those are the things that will trip us up. It's what hinders you from going forward. It's usually your own mindset or your own emotion or, you know, whatever it could be. But um, he's just really, really just beckoning. I just feel this beckoning to step into that and just to believe for complete restoration and just really provision for whatever it is that we need breakthrough in. Amen. And that, you know, that was a a resounding theme this weekend, you know, combining with that that same sentiment in in what you do with the fast of feasting. And um I, you know, I was praying about that yesterday, uh, and I was so I know it's squashed a lot of people's holiday plans, but I'm <laughs> so grateful for the rain here again. And I, but I was saying, Lord, you know, how many years was it? And this is just, there were a number of years between Nehemiah and Zechariah. And what do you think those guys, Joshua, Zerubbabel, Ezra, what do you think they were thinking during those years? I mean, there, it, it, it's work to rebuild walls and to deal with all the, the naysayers that were around you. And, um, but they had to wonder, how long, Lord? You know, see, we read the Bible, and just because something's on the next page or in the next book, we think that it happened like this. And it didn't. There were years. There, there was time that elapsed while people waited, and they didn't have internet. They didn't have, they couldn't go down the street to hear the latest music. I mean, they were, it was just them. Um, and you're right, there's a temptation to think, well, you know what I did, I know that was God, but I don't know what's going on now, so let's just return to folly. There's that temptation. Mm-hmm. And and you come to the gate of transition, and there's a lot of battle at that gate. I mean, you have opposition from the enemy, sin crouches at the door. God told very adequate uh, adamantly in the Old Testament that was the case um, you had it's, it's in some ways transition in the spirit realm and I don't want to get too ethereal here I mean when when you're in intercession and you go through some type of a envision in vision you you transition that transitionary moment is really kind of weird feels weird it's like it's uncomfortable yeah it is and um but the the thing is though when you're in intercession 
it's very objective. You're, you're investing yourself, but it's an objective. You're dealing with something that is like a project from God or work. When you're dealing with a gate or a transitional doorway in your own life, that's very subjective. You've got scenarios that are around you, but the same types of factors can prevail there just in a trans, being transformed kind of thing. You know, like on the Mount of Transfiguration, here's Jesus and Moses and Elijah are up there. The big three are up there. You got the enemy at the bottom of the hill in the presence of a little boy foaming at the mouth and doing crazy stuff. And you got nine disciples down there and probably other followers that are just frustrated to beat the band. What possessed Peter, James, and John to say, hey, let's build Let's tents. build tabernacles. <laughs> And we'll honor Moses and we'll honor Elijah. What in that transformation moment, the metamorphosis, there was the temptation to forget about what Jesus had been teaching them all those years and what he as the Messiah had been patterning. So what possessed these? Well, I won't say anything negative because it's, it's a challenging moment. To, to think, oh, what he's been doing is, uh, let's do something different now. Or to go back to what they knew, to go back to what was comfortable. True, that's a good point. Which is what we have a tendency to do. Let's and, resurrect the old covenant. Yeah, and I, I feel very strongly, too, in this season that God is wanting to break us out of our comfort zone. And <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I do. I mean, I... I just do, and I, I feel like there's a breakthrough on every side and creativity in all that we do, in every dimension of who we are and our function before Him. And and I'm man, I'm vying for that creativity because we have to have it. We have to think like He does. We have to demonstrate His nature. He is moving through us, and I mean, He's wanting to do things in ways that He's never done before. And he's wanting to manifest himself in ways he's never manifest before. And it's just, it's, you know, it's our own static mindset that keeps us from partnering with the the reality of that because we don't know what's on the other side. And it's easy to turn back to what's comfortable because we know how to do that. And God's saying, no, don't return to that. But it, it's well, it's tricky. It's tricky in a number of ways because it's it's uh, remembering Yahweh, but it's forgetting the things of the past. And sometimes you put that together in a pot and stir it up, and you can you can get really confused. And I think a lot of people are feeling that right now. And um, you want to be willing to go forward, but then you don't want to. You don't want to do what the scripture clearly says that damned many kings. Yeah, Lord, you said this. Well, let's get after it. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that we're, we came on this path because I was actually going to ask you about this. Early, early this morning, I looked on social media and there was a very well-known theologian who had made a tweet or something about the reckless nature of God's grace. And and so another well-known theologian took it to mind to, to really rebuke him and to set him straight that God's grace, his love, is not reckless. And it took this down this whole pathway of commentary about whether or not we can say God's love is reckless or not and I just thought it was so interesting because there's that I mean the song reckless love which like won the Grammy Award it was like the song of the year in the Christian world and it's a good song but I mean even Prosh sings about that recklessness of his reckless mercy and so this guy was saying there is nothing in God's nature that is reckless and he was taking that word and making it very literal saying that makes him negligent or he had all different kinds of um, synonyms I guess you would say to describe what recklessness really is 
And what we're doing is we're taking human nature and we're putting it on God. And that's not right. That's confusing to people. And then they were saying this guy was taking this pathway down the progressive trail. And so then I went to research this guy and his theology and some of the things that he had posted in the last six months. And, you know, I saw nothing that was untoward. But it's just so interesting how a word like that can cause a debate within the church in this hour because there's such a battle for truth, for towing the line. And, and I appreciate that because there's so many people that are being conceived through the words of man, you know, through just the twisted words of um, what should be scriptural. So I was just going to casually mention this to you, not necessarily on the broadcast. You know, what do you think about that? Can you describe God as having reckless mercy, reckless love, reckless grace? Um, and I guess it's just a tit for a tat. Well, you know, it's it's semantics in one way. I was just looking up the 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 Webster definition of reckless, and it just means to have a lack of caution. So on the one hand, that's right. On the one hand, it's right, but on the other hand, it's right. Yeah. You got to make sure if you're going to be, if you're going to abandon caution, that you're, you're doing it in obedience to what he says, and not just because everybody else is doing it or you're stir crazy and you want to have something new. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that is such a blessing about what happened to all of us. Um, we were about as cautious and deliberate as a general church could be but when God started to move we we knew it was him and it was for us and so we abandoned the cautions of others opinions or their um, it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to to have that because then people said Oh, you're destroying things. Oh, look what you've done. And I remember people saying, Oh, you don't love people. You don't want fellowship. You remember those days. And none of that was true. So I, I know. I mean, I've, I've, I've thought a lot about it. And I thought, you know, the catch word, I guess, in the, the Elishas over the last year has been, wreck, you know, he wrecked me. Oh, yeah, it wrecked me. And I, I can't tell you how many, times, how many times I have thought to myself, I'm so glad God wrecked me. I'm so glad he brought his wrecking ball and just just tore down all that stuff inside of me that was... So that's the modern undone. Well, undone is another one, too. And I'm glad he did that, too. So it's it's just... Well, we just, you know, again, nomenclature is a strange thing because I remember when your car was wrecked. Oh. That was terrible. And, yeah. You don't want your car wrecked. That just destroyed that beautiful vehicle that you've missed. So what does wreck really mean? Does it mean to dissolve your plans and the pathway you were on so that you found a better one? Yeah, I'm all about that wreck. But Job-like wrecking. No. <laughs> I don't want that. No. So. Um, I think just, I guess the most interesting thing about it was just, just watching the, or, or reading the, the commentary of different opinions. And, and, and you know, that really is where we are, though, because social media is such a driving force in the church and with theology. And, I mean, there's some that just absolutely are just, I think, in defense of what is happening with truth and the the twisted nature of what's happening even in the church that they're they're holding a hard line and saying listen you can't even really afford to use this language because you're distorting the nature of God and that is not his nature if you look at the true definition of what that means but then on the other side it's like this is just an expression I mean he was just innocently making an expression of you know what this country needs is the reckless mercy and grace of God. And so it's just interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny to hear. Now, I don't know who these people are, and it's really not germane. You would if I... But it's not really germane to this discussion. But they're not like well-known pastors. They're theologians. 
Yeah. But, um, like, again, I've threatened that sometime I'm going to teach about the spirit realm, and I am. I'm just getting ready. But I'm reading these things that theologians, scholars, really sharp scholars, are writing about the spirit realm. And I recognize you're not spirit-filled. You are not moving in the depths. You've never seen this. You're writing theoretically about things, and you're borrowing from Sumerian culture, from the Chaldean culture, and you're saying that because these people who God told Abram to get out from, because they had opinions that that's really what explains the Bible, and that is just wrong. Yeah. It, and it's dangerously wrong. And even, even you know, if you, I don't know if you've noticed the, the heightened measure of curiosity about um, things in the heavens, um, spacecraft or unidentified things, and how the government is supposed to be releasing something today. They've been releasing uh, video footages from F-15s and from aircraft carriers and it's undeniable that there are things that are happening that I have a feeling the enemy is going to use at some point and I don't believe they are of God I do believe they're of the satanic kingdom that has limited supply limited um, measures of, of strength and capacity and um but but that's out there and it's not fanciful i mean it's not it's not uh, something that really can be denied but then on the other hand we can't let satan deceive which he will try to do and can you imagine what would happen if like the 50s movies like uh uh one of my favorite films has this uh, um, this spacecraft landing in uh, in Washington D.C. and Michael Rennie is this guy that comes to try to speak peace to the Earth and there's the big robot that stands there and the famous word uh, uh, that that has been repeated by kids for forever the phrase with a woman says uh, to the robot, don't destroy the earth, Klaatu is still alive. You know, what's going to happen when the enemy plays that card and people think, oh, well, this is how man was really created and here we have this being and it's saying this and look at the technology that it has. that, That is really something that is being promulgated right now throughout the mainstream, throughout every media. And the government's even in on it now. And, and, you know, and I remember traveling specifically in Africa, but we've sensed this in South America as well. These outposts of the demonic that are actually in the depths of the sea and how even the people from, from Africa would say, these gods come up out of the sea and they come here and they they tell us what to do and i remember very clearly battling against some of them and you could see where they emerged and that's what our government is saying specifically you know one of the hot spots of this is catalina island off of uh, mm-hmm. off of la mm-hmm. they, they are really saying that there is something an outpost in the depth of the water off there that they can see these crafts going down in and the light from them goes down deep and then it comes up and shoots out and goes away and they were they were bringing up posts of like in World War II that there were like 200 of these craft that we thought as the United States was a Japanese attack and they positioned and they were ready and all of a sudden, these things just disappeared. And these are these are military. These are military um, actualities. 
And so, and I remember you saying about how you were out at the coast and you saw those witches. demonic based witches that were drawing from the water beckoning things yeah. um, and again I'm not trying to put some new doctrine out here I'm saying these things are happening and it's not Project Blue Book it's not Chariots of the Gods it's not it's not any of the 1950s atomic Godzilla movies these these things are really there and I think I think that in some point the enemy is going to manifest himself and I remember all the stories that happened here about the mothership and all these things. And the the things that were said about that, I'm not doubting that they happened. But the the way that the beings in those encounters reacted were not angelic. They were demonic. And the abuses that were there were demonic. And so again, I've taken us way off, but what I'm saying is we are at a crucial moment in the timetable of the Lord in so many ways. And we are we're going to you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to realize our role as saints and as intercessors and as sons is imperative for this hour. And we, we have to work when time is given to us, when the day is here. And um, it's, it's, it's so important. And, you know, for some reason, I, well, we're all over the map. I wish we could talk to your grandfather about this. But I was reading in Revelation, and I believe the Spirit led me there, about Babylon and the destruction of Babylon and how that, in, in just an hour's time, Babylon was split into thirds. And then the cities of Babylon were individually being destroyed. And I thought, that is some very real descriptive language. And what does that mean for what's ahead? And I, I, I see... We as Christians need to not go off the deep end, but, but I think we need to be aware that the scripture is true and we need to be aware that uh, our role as saints in this end time is, is extremely authentic and it's necessary. And I think God giving us this new advance of capacity on the internet um, and the way we're going to be able to use it is going to touch scores of nations and it's going to empower people in those nations to be able to tap into what you as saints have invested in and speak into their to speak into their land in their people groups their languages and we i think god doing this now we were faithful with what he's given us in this but now he's giving us an expansive set of of uh, capacities and that's part of that creativity that that god is wanting us to have boy this is a rock skipping on the face of the water isn't it no but it's it's true i mean i just what's happening in our nation i i think that we need to like you said be be very aware not put our head in the sand, not partner with anything that's going on in the natural, but be very aware. And one of the things I'm, I know that I've been asking the Lord for just greater discernment. I want to be that one that he that has an ear, let him hear what he's saying. I also want discernment into, into the realm. I want to, I want to be able to discern and, and understand the things that I'm seeing because I'm seeing things that I've not seen before. And I don't want it to frighten me. I want, I want to learn. But one of the things I'm so grateful for, and I think I've testified of this recently, is that I think that so many of us are discerning the dark realm so much more vividly. Yeah. But on the other side of it, the presence, the fullness of the Spirit of God 
has become so much more vivid. And so, you know, it's not a power against a power, even though it is. I mean, there's no question who outweighs. I mean, there's no question who has the victory. There's no question he is God almighty. But, you know, he is. And, And yet the Lord is just so good with that, that when we feel sometimes like we're inundated with darkness, his light, his color, the vivid nature of who he is so far just overrides that in my spirit and just in my reality that I'm so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how the Apostle Paul and so many that endured trial and affliction and hardship and torturing and prison and all those things, Stephen being stoned, he was able to abide in that and and persevere through that, well, um, because of that very thing. And so hold on to that because in the days ahead, we're gonna, we need that. Yeah. And even even what you just referenced is what Daniel described. Exactly. And and I wonder if those, if, if it's not just like being on the water and the boat just sways one way or another, which I think we kind of think I'm wondering if every one of those, when the when the saints overcome, we take new new ground, but then we have to hold that position, and then the enemy seems to overcome, and he rises, and then there's an overcoming of the saints again as God takes you deeper. That's just spiritual warfare. But and it's so real. It is, and we've been enduring this, a, a foretaste of that wickedness. Yeah. And I think... And how are you going to... How are you... No, I'm talk, not talking to you, Pastor. I mean, I'm talking to <laughs> the saints. I mean, how are you going to stand through that? I mean, yesterday I found myself in, in a moment of danger. Totally unexpected danger, panic, fear. And, and I won't go into the details of it. And, and I know just in the 20 minutes of that window of time when I didn't know what was going to happen. And I had this supernatural peace that I was in the Lord. <laughs> and, 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 you know, guys, I mean, we're living in a very real world where there are very few in the natural safe places. And sometimes the enemy allows those safe places even to be invaded upon and and i hate that i mean i despise that but at the same time our only safe place is in the shadow of his wing is in him and and so this season has been so remarkable in the way that he has taught us and 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 grown and matured us and there's just so many good things about what we've walked through over the last year that is so invaluable to where we're going and yeah. I'm so thankful for that. It's not been easy, but goodness, I mean, are we not just so thankful? Yes, <sighs> yes. And but but wow, hasn't it hasn't it been an easy, lazy option to either feel overwhelmed or feel angry? And and that influence. <laughs> that the enemy has tried to utilize where there's just despair and anger and which we talked about at the beginning of last year something new that was on the scene and spurred that summer of love that summer of violence and it it it, but you know i i came in here yesterday morning it was Memorial Day. I always love the holiday because there's nobody out. And I just drove, made it here in about five minutes faster than I normally would. <laughs> and I came into the church and boom, I felt that thing. And it lingered for two hours. And I'd been interceding through the night, grappling with something, but I didn't feel that, you know. And I think you, you were saying that you were also facing that kind of thing and it took two hours of just guarding my lips nobody was around 
watching what I would declare. Or even what you think. Yeah. And finally, it broke, and I came up here, and you call this my my can of spinach or krypton, kryptonite. But I started ministering online, and the thing just kind of went away. But, you know, there are influences right now that the Bible prophesies would be upon the earth in the time of the end and we're being we're being trained we're 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 overcoming we're gaining strength in the lord by enduring mm-hmm. and overcoming mm-hmm. the simple little things mm-hmm. are are what god uses as a regimen of strengthening us and we need to recognize them in that way I know you mentioned Daniel, and and I just immediately like the flash of of just the reality of being thrown in a lion's den because you're standing on behalf of truth, because you're standing on behalf of of God's plan, or in a fiery furnace or whatever. You know the reality of that, and 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 I think that God He puts us in those places. I mean, it's not the same; it's not that reality, but I think. How are you going to react in that? Yeah. Because those are moments of overcoming and refining that are so necessary for us that you can't you can't fall back, you can't crater, you can't just you got to stand strong in the plan of the Lord and know that you're in His plan. And it's yeah, it's not easy, but that's reality for Christians. True. So. And I'm not speaking that forth. I'm just saying I think we've all, in different ways, had to endure things like that. Yeah. So. So you really where? Test what you're made of. Where are you, Monica's already spoken individually to you right now. We just have a couple minutes left on this broadcast. But we pray that this rambling, prophetic exchange has been, in some ways an exhortation for you to not give up to to keep pressing into him to keep praying to not be lazy um, to expect the new and I I know we just finished this fifth month and obviously June we're in June now it's kind of hard to believe this weekend, Saturday is first Saturday. You'll get some measure of a directive at some point soon. But, you know, the main thing that we need to do is just be before the Lord and say, your will be done. You're, you know, we present ourselves to you. We, we want to hear from you. We don't want to go to the left or to the right unless you say go. And there's nothing to compare with being in your presence, Father, and feel the imprint of your heart and your burden, because that then is the the lodestone that your spirit directs us from. It's the anchor of hope. It's It's the magnetism that we gain our bearings from. So that's kind of our directive for this weekend whenever it is that you can pray but um, the essence is praying and we've got to be faithful in that let's see we got a minute and a half left according to the hour <laughs> um, we continue to pray for all of you, and I trust that you're praying for those in the Saints Network family that God would lay upon your your thinking. Um, we just need to keep pressing forward. I'm really looking forward to September, our Saints Network gathering here, and um, I pray that you're making appropriate plans to come. It's been a long time, and uh, I know that God is going to do some really spectacular things at this reunion, as it were. 
So, thanks for tuning in. And may God bless you all. And we will look forward to reaching out again tomorrow for Wednesday Night Live. And then again this weekend, the first weekend in the month, our Parats Breakthrough Time. May God bless you all. Be strong and of good courage. And we will be in touch again very soon. Goodbye.